listening to Hear the Turtle. Your hosts are Taylor Slife and Keith Snedden. It's Thursday, September 6th, 2018, and Keith, the Hear the Turtle podcast is back. Feels good, man. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. Maryland sports are already in session, and we have to start with another big win for the Maryland football team over Texas. An emotional day at FedEx Field for those student-athletes involved, and an unbelievable performance from start to finish. Um, Jay Sean Jones, an incredible freshman sensation, a touchdown passing, a touchdown rushing, a touchdown receiving, set the tone. Kasim Hill with a very steady performance at quarterback, and the Maryland offense looking very good under new offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Game had everything right. Had the drama, had the hour and a half rain delay, had a, a Texas late flurry, but three turnovers in that fourth quarter from that Maryland defense were critical. None bigger than Antoine Brooks, our guy, the jungle, the leader of the jungle, yes. uh, with a huge interception with less than two minutes to go to really seal the deal uh, for the Maryland defense. But I think we saw a coming out party for freshman Jay Sean Jones. I mean, doing something that a freshman hasn't done in a game since Marcus Mariota, pretty good company to be in. Uh, and I think that's a name you're going to be hearing, heard called a lot this season. Yeah, and one of the strengths Maryland had coming into the season was the amount of weapons they have offensively for Matt Canada to exploit. You have Ty Johnson, Lolo Harrison, Jake Funk, Anthony McFarlane, all the different running backs. Tayon Fleet Davis had a touchdown. A lot of different guys that can carry the ball, but in that Matt Canada offense that utilizes the jet sweep so much, the receivers get a lot of um, rushing attempts as well. Tavon Jake... uh, Jacobs um, and obviously Jay Sean Jones that we saw. So Maryland can spread the ball out a lot, and Kasim Hill did a very good job in really his biggest college game after coming in for a little bit against Texas, playing against Towson, getting hurt against UCF. That was a big spot for him to come back from off of the um, season-ending um, knee injury last season to play. We saw a little bit of Tyrell Pigram um, in that game as well. So Maryland's offense looked very good, and then as you said, the secondary really stood out for the Maryland defense, but a lot of people question that Maryland front four, front seven really, um, and we saw a nice performance from the grad transfer, Trey Watson from Illinois, um, and that front four did a nice job. It was good to have Jesse Annenbaum back, and then Byron Cowart, uh, the highly touted um, transfer from Auburn, also had a pretty solid day getting pressure. Not a lot of sacks, but you saw some pressure from that Maryland defense. So an overall, a very, very good performance, um, and they got some of the guys were rewarded with some honors this week. Yeah, that's right. Antoine Brooks, co-defensive player of the week in the Big Ten. Jay Sean Jones, co-fresh of the week, Tino Ellis Taylor, another name you have to know in that secondary. He was rated as the top cornerback in the country via Pro Football Focus. They have a lot of different stats and uh, you know measured and statistics that they put into you know, that analysis. But man, you know you didn't really see the ball thrown a whole whole lot his way. But every time you did, it was an incomplete pass, pass being to, you know defended. Um, and Darnell Savage, another great game from him. He is just that stopper back there. You, you feel really confident with a guy like Darnell in your secondary. Yeah, absolutely. And I think. I think Tino Ellis and Quantrez Knight obviously forced that fumble late in the game um, that helps Maryland seal the win. And I think we could spend a lot of time talking about um, different parts, good parts of that Maryland performance from a football perspective. But I think at the base level, in terms of what that win was about, obviously a lot has gone on at the University of Maryland in the athletic department over the past few months. Keith, you and I are not going to get into all that stuff. That's not really our place uh, to, to talk about it. Um, that discourse is happening on a day-to-day basis on a lot of different channels. Uh, but I think on a base level, talking about the student-athletes involved in the football program, there's a lot of people involved in the athletic department, a lot of people involved in the football program. But that win was about those student-athletes playing for their friend and those student-athletes uh, performing and having a release um, and being able to play football. And it was a, it was about them. And, and, and it was it was 
an incredible scene to watch um, them have that joy of playing football and doing something uh, for their teammate who they love so much. Obviously, it's it's brought them as a team very close together. Um, and, and for us, you and I were both in the building um, to watch them in the locker room after, to watch what they did pregame, um, to watch how they handled themselves during the rain delay. Um, they were a a really a model of what you want student athletes to represent your university and how it's supposed to be. So a lot gets talked about all the other auxiliary things and, and those things are incredibly important and we don't want to downplay those things. But for me, um, the best part of this job is working with kids and, and trying to help kids. Um, and it was really cool to watch those guys perform um, and have that day. Um, it was crazy. No, you absolutely said it. You know, it was about the players and uh, you know the, the joy in, in the locker room and just hitting you know Kasim Hill, who we'll talk to today. You know, hearing his uh, you know thoughts post game, you know, it was really special. And they're gonna try and parlay you know, an emotional win, a big win, into another one at Bowling Green this Saturday. It's gonna be 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus. This is a team Taylor. They jumped out to a 10 nothing lead over Oregon last week. Eventually fell fell behind and lost that game. But Matt Canada said it's a team that they can start fast and they've proved it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's one of those games that, especially after a win over a team like Texas, that you build up the months and months in the in the preseason for, you now have Bowling Green that's on the road. Um, it'll be, a, you know, maybe a little bit of a sleepy environment in Bowling Green. They've been a little bit down a couple of years since their, um, you know, good years really uh, took it to the Terrapins under uh, Dino Babbers a couple of years ago. Um, and that team's a little bit down since then. But yes, still plays that really high tempo offense. Um, and, and Matt Canada said they can start very fast. So Maryland needs to come out with the same exact intensity they brought against Texas. And, and Bowling Green's a team you want to try to put away early. You don't want to give the underdog a chance to get that home crowd going. Um, and Maryland will have to really rebound and reset themselves. And, uh, you know, that's really what Matt Canada talked about this week in his availability. And, and it, and it seems to, to be the mentality that when we talk to Kasim Hill, they want to take it game by game and really try to attack. So Maryland has the ability now to get out to a pretty good start. You have this Bowling Green team, and then you play Temple at home in the home opener, a team that lost to Villanova, an FCS school in the opener. So you have a road to a 3-0 start, which would be really great uh, for those guys over there. So you have to try to stay focused game by game and do those things. All the cliches um, apply to a game like this. Um, so Maryland has to continue to do what it does well. And I think it'll be interesting to see um, – Two guys that didn't have as good of games as you might have thought, Ty Johnson and Lola Harrison, guys that have really toted the rock for Maryland over the past couple of years. Do those guys, um, after Bowling Green looks on tape at all the other weapons Maryland threw out there, do those guys now um, get a little pressure taken off them and perform to the best of their abilities? I think those two guys will be key in this game. Yeah, plenty of holdovers from that 2015 team that lost to Bowling Green. I mean, you got Ty Johnson, uh, Darnell Savage, Derwin Gray. So you better believe they're telling that locker room, we can't take these guys lightly. And you know, hopefully Ty Johnson is one of those guys who gets to break off, pop off one of those jet sweeps or one of those runs um, and create those big plays that we all we all know he can do. And ultimately, in any football team, it comes down to your quarterback play. And we had the opportunity to talk to Kasim Hill, Maryland's starting quarterback this week um, after a huge win against Texas. Um, and Kasim has an interesting story in terms of how he got here, in terms of getting hurt last year and building his way back up with Tyrell Pigram in that uh, training room. Both guys played this week, and both guys, I think, will once again get snaps this week. Kasim is the main option. Then uh, Piggy coming off the bench is a little bit of a, a different look. Um, and we had a great conversation with Kasim, so let's get to that right now. We're back here on Here the Turtle with Maryland football quarterback Kasim Hill. Kasim, thanks for coming on the show, man. Oh, no problem. It's great to be here. So, first of all, last year, your first game after uh, Piggy got hurt with an injury, you came in and you beat Texas. This year, your first um, start of the season, you open up, you beat Texas. Are you a wanted man in Texas? 
Uh, I hope not, but <laughs> it's definitely good to get those two victories for sure. Jayshon Jones throws for a touchdown, runs for a touchdown, catches a touchdown. I mean, I saw that passer rating. I think it was around 600. Yeah. Is he gunning for your job right now? He might be. He had a great <laughs> game. He might be gunning for it, though. <laughs> How? So is he going to come into the quarterback room at this point? Does he, does he have an honorary membership? Does anyone that throw a pass, or you guys keep trying to keep that on lock? I mean, he might as well come into the room. I mean, one for one with a touchdown, that's – Hey, doesn't good right doesn't there, get yeah. much better. The efficiency doesn't get much better than that <laughs> at all. Obviously, you guys have an emotional win mm-hmm. on Saturday. You know, you're playing that game for Jordan McNair. Um, you guys get that win against a very, very good team in front of a crowd that was, you know, very supportive of you guys. Mm-hmm. What was that release like after the game when you realize you're going to seal it up after Antoine's interception um, and you know you've sort of done what you set out to do through all the weeks of preparation? I mean, it was a great, it was a great, you know moment for all of us it was a lot of joy that just came over you know the whole team uh we definitely came into the game wanting to win that one for jordan you know this whole season's for jordan and you know after twan caught the pick great play at that um it was just like we did it for him like it was you know it was definitely like a cherry like we needed to do that for him a lot of people might not realize, but that was like the first full college game you, you played, you mm-hmm. know, against an FBS opponent. I mean, did you get some time just to reflect on the journey you've had that have led you, you know, that led you up to that moment? It's definitely been a journey. Like, even like last year, just being able to get to play college football, been looking forward to that my whole life. And then, you know, after getting hurt and then going through that whole process and just being able to get back out there with the team and play with everybody and then, you know, get a big win over Texas again, that was that was great. Go through that a little bit. Obviously, last year you get that little taste of it, what it's like to play big-time college football. Mm-hmm. And then you go down with the injury, and you and you go down with the injury in that two-week span with Piggy, who also mm-hmm. gets hurt. You guys obviously compete for this job now. What was it like for you guys to be in the training room day after day? Obviously, you knew you were going to compete for the job. You were both are playing, so you mm-hmm. sort of get the best of both worlds. Um, how did your guys' relationship change as you went through that? And what was it like for you to sort of be like, you had that little taste, mm-hmm. and then it waited for you, and then you got it back this weekend? Talk about that a little bit. You know, me and Piggy's relationship, we got, like, much closer. We were always cool. Like, we never had any issues with each other. We were always friends. But we got real close, like, through that time. You obviously not never want, like, another player hurt, but to be able to have have somebody going through the same thing as you like that was helpful because it was tough at first just you know first time missing football games so but it was great you know me and pig we grinded together some days if I don't want to do something he would push me if he didn't want to do something I would push him so you know there was a great balance between that and then you know we competed this summer and you know just pushing each other again just like we were back in the training room um you know, it was just great to be able to, you know, go back out there and play again for both of us. And we were talking about it before the game, like, it's finally back. Like, we finally get to be back out here at pads, about to play, like, a real game. You know, so that whole process was was great. I was going to say, was there any time during that process where you got to the point, like, man, I just – I had everything I wanted last year, and then it got taken away from me. Was that a hard process to go through at times? Did you did you uh-huh. have struggles? And, and who did – obviously, you lean on pig, but who did, who did you lean on as you went through that process, try to build yourself all the way back up? Honestly, it's going to kind of sound funny, but my little sister, like, through this whole process, she was always the one telling me, like, you need to get back, you need to play. Like, you know, just, like, hearing that from – you know, a 12 year old that's kind of different but you know she really pushed me outside of everybody here of course and you talked about your little sister you guys obviously have a very special relationship what are some of the things we'll talk about that relationship and some of the you know kind of community work you've done surrounding that 
Uh, so my sister has Down syndrome, uh, and I've called her ever since she was born the most influential person in my life. Just seeing when she was born, the challenges that she went through and how she fought through those. It, as a young kid, me seeing that, it like changed my whole perspective on life. Uh, that's you know, a big part of my life. My sister's a big part of my life. Um, and then just doing some of the things with helping with people with mental challenges, working at places like Gigi's Playhouse, and, you know, just trying to be active part in that part of the community. That's, that's what I try and be. What did your sister think of your performance? I mean, she's got to be you, you, obviously your biggest fan, uh, yeah. maybe your biggest critic, gives you the most honesty. What, what was what was the, the discussion after you, you played a really nice game against Texas? She was happy. She was <laughs> definitely happy. Um, you know, usually I could hear her, like, yelling at me during the game, but I was probably more emotionally spent that game than I was in any other game, so I didn't quite hear her as much, wasn't listening out for her as much, but I know she was out there yelling, my mom told me. But, uh, no, she was happy. For a lot of Maryland fans, that was their first exposure to a Matt Canada offense. Mm -hmm. A lot of movement, a lot of jet sweeps, things of that nature. What is it like playing in an offense where 14, 15 different guys are touching the ball, whether they're catching, rushing it? I mean, what was your what's your kind of thoughts on how things have run so far? Offense is fun. You know, <laughs> Coach Canada is a great coach. Uh, he's always putting us in the right situations to make plays. And a variety of people can make plays on our offense and will make plays on our offense. So that's, I think that's interesting. You know, going in week to week, knowing like Ty could get the ball, Ant could get the ball, a whole bunch of different receivers can get the ball, with running backs low, like that's hard to stop if you ask me. Yeah, I was going to ask you that as a quarterback, and a lot of the storyline coming in with this team was the amount of weapons, the assortment of guys you have from a skill position perspective that can play well. Mm -hmm. As a quarterback, is that just exciting for you because week to week you can't game plan for all those guys so yeah. you have guys like Jay Sean Jones no one was going to know who this next next week it'll be somebody else next week it'll be somebody else is that cool for you as a quarterback to know like I've got people that that other teams don't know are going to perform for me on a week-to-week -week basis it's definitely exciting you know just all the weapons we have on offense and the O-line you know just having all those dudes back and a bunch of young guys stepping up I mean I just at the end of the day it makes my life easier it makes the offense better I mean it's great. I was going to ask you, you talked about playing in front of your family and your sister, and I know you, you in the recruiting process were really big on guys staying home, guys playing here from the DMV area, for lack mm -hmm. of a better term. Um, has that Since that's come through fruition, has that been all you sort of expected? Um, and is it something you think other guys should do, uh, being able to play in those big games at FedEx Field um, and here at Maryland Stadium um, where you can have your family watch? What's that been like for you? You know, I think it's definitely been a big thing for me. Um, you know, I wanted to be able to stay close to home, close to my family, be able to play with a lot of kids that I grew up with, you know, that came in my class and some of the classes in the class behind us. Um, I think for me, of course, speaking for me, of course, I want, you know, all the kids from the area to be able to stay home, you know, put on the Maryland uniform. Um, you know, FedEx Field, that was, that was a great experience for all of us, you know. Uh, first game back, we wanted to do that for Jordan, and just being able to do that at like the pro team in this area stadium, and against a great opponent, you know that was pretty cool. And a lot of the guys in my class getting their first like experience, um, that was you know great experience for all of us. You talk about growing up. Was football always that first love? Did you always know you wanted to be a quarterback? What kind of you know, made you fall in love with the game? You know, growing up, I always wanted to play football. My dad played football. He played safety at Columbia. So that was kind of always in my mind, like, you know, I'm going to, you know, play football just like he did. Um, 
I actually didn't want to be a quarterback till I was about nine years old. Uh, my coach put me at quarterback. I wasn't too excited for it. But then, like, I started learning more about it. I was like, oh, okay, you know, I want to try this. And then I ran with it ever since. And then you, you go on to, to St. John's, you know, locally here in the DMV. Was there a point during your high school career where you knew, like, okay, I can compete with these guys, I can compete in this league, and I can play at a high level, you know, in college? Yeah, I think, you know, the WCAC prepared me uh, very well. Um, to be able to come up to play college football just with how the coaches prepared you for each game, the practice week, like mansion, like school, study hall, like going through that whole like schedule-wise. And then, you know, there's a bunch of great talent in the WCAC. Every week you're going to have to bring your A game or you're going to lose. And I think just knowing that, knowing how to prepare for every game, you know, prepare me for this because you got to prepare every week or you're going to lose no matter who you play. Now I'm interested. I I think you did this last year, and I believe you did this this year. So if I'm t- if I'm lying to you, tell me because it's about you. Mm-hmm. You shut down your Twitter throughout the entirety of pregame camp, and it mm-hmm. seems like something that that on the outside we hear about you about how focused you are and how good your preparation is. You talked about it a little bit in your high school career. Mm-hmm. Is there something to that where you try to shut down everything on the outside? So you seem like LeBron James yeah. do that in the <laughs> NBA playoffs. Is that inspired by that a little bit? Yeah. And like just shutting <laughs> zero duck thirty twenty three. Right? Yeah. What, what's what's that like? Why why do you do stuff like that? Uh, just trying to shut out all the outside noise and just really be able to focus on football. It's the one time, you know, during camp where you don't have, you know, school or really anything else besides football and just trying to lock in and, you know, get ready for a long season ahead. We'll end you here in a little bit of rapid fire. And the first one is when you were a kid and you obviously became a quarterback at nine, who, what quarterbacks did you model yourself after? Uh, growing up, my favorite quarterback was Aaron Rodgers, for sure. Not a bad one to pick. I was say, still if we doing it <laughs> get to level. there, Kasim, you're going to be in good shape. You're going to be making some money. Bucket list sporting event to attend one day, maybe as a fan. Uh, hmm, that's a tough one. Probably World Series, mm. Game Seven. I'm a big Yankees fan. So okay. Okay. It would definitely have to be a Yankee Stadium. Well, I'm an Orioles fan, so you're a lot better than us. <laughs> I, I, really a lot closer to that. Than <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's both of us, Baltimore guys. Not really anything we can say. So, Yankees fan, what do we got for the other sports? Take us through. Uh, Giants, Yankees, Caps, and then Knicks and Wizards. Okay, you, gotcha. you got a little, a little hometown, a little New York and some hometown yes. Caps. Got a got a big win there. Um, the TV show you're watching right now. TV show I'm watching right now. I was just told to start Ozark on Netflix. I am watching that show currently. I'm on episode eight. Got to finish it. Yeah. Fantastic. Very good. What is it about? It is about a father who moves his family to the Ozarks. He's dealing with some criminal things going on, there trying go. to pay off some mobsters. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, that's our Ozark paid us to say that. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, favorite place to eat in College Park? Favorite place to eat in College Park? Well, it would kind of be everywhere, but Chipotle. Mm, <laughs> okay, now we do this. Everyone that says Chipotle, uh, take us down the line. What's the order? So I get a bowl, okay. white rice, chicken, black beans, uh, corn, the red hot sauce, and yes. cheese. Okay. The red hot sauce. Yeah. Not enough people get the red hot <laughs> like sauce. The green is quality, man. I <laughs> yeah. think a lot of people sleep on the green. Uh, no cheese. Oh, cheese, you no, said. I, yeah, no guac. No guac. No guac. There, uh, you get the salad dressing. People like the salad dressing. I don't really get the salad dressing. I think that's From a big time Anthony, to time. Cowan Anthony Cowan move. was yeah. big about the salad dressing. Guy. He mm-hmm. was like ranting about the salad dressing. <laughs> there you go. Kasim Hill. Got his Chipotle order in. Hopefully he can keep playing well on the field and keep filling up with Chipotle uh, for us. Really great to talk to you. Really great to see what you did this weekend in Texas. Good luck the rest Thank of the year. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. 
We're back, Keith, and I think the main takeaway I got from Kasim Hill, and we have to mention, first of all, that he was wearing R2-D2 Crocs when he walked in. We didn't talk about that in the interview. Uh, if I was walking around with those, I, I think I would be uh, I'd be in trouble. Yeah, Kasim pulled him off pretty he well. He pulled him off. Uh, he did a nice job. Obviously, some fun stuff with Kasim there, but I think the main thing to take away from him, and I think listeners get it just from hearing him, is how much of a leader he's become on this team very early on in his career. And you saw that when he was a recruit in high school, a guy that would recruit other people. He was a very DMV to UMD guy. Um, and I think he has a lot of respect from his teammates in the way he prepares and the way he focuses on um, getting distractions out. I think he's a guy that's very cerebral and you could hear that in his voice. He, he thinks about everything. Um, and I think he's going to be a very valuable leader for Maryland, not in the future, because as a redshirt freshman, you'd think they'd be in the future. But I think right now he's one of the main leaders of this Maryland team. And I think that's really good news for Terrapin Pants because you want your quarterback to be one of those guys. I think Kasim Hill has the respect of his teammates. I think he has the respect of his coaches. And I think this our fan base is going to love him for years to come. You know, one of the stories that came out of that Texas game last year when Pigram went down, Kasim came in and the reaction from his offensive line from Jake Funk was, this kid just commanded the huddle. He, he had our respect. He you know, had our confidence. And what did he do? He went out and, and won a game on the road against a, a ranked team. And uh, I think that's going to be a theme you'll see throughout his career of being that leader on the field and, and you know being someone that uh, is respected and counted on by his teammates. And I think you heard him talk about his sister and that, that perspective that gives him. And he's it seems like a very mature guy, um, a guy that has a lot of perspective on life. And, and it's really the most interesting part of what we do here is talking to student athletes and you get kids in different stages of life, different stages of maturity, and that's all fine. Keith and I were certainly in different stages of life when we were 18, 19, 20. Um, Kasim Hill is a guy that surely seems like he has a very good focus and a good head on his shoulder, so a good guy to be leading Maryland's offense forward. Let's roll into the other sports that are going on at Maryland. Obviously, a lot of fall sports underway, and I think the one to start with, Keith, is a, a really just rolling on from last season is Maryland's field hockey team, now ranked number three in the country um, and had a big win excuse me over Duke last weekend yeah it took that ACC challenge or ACC Big Ten challenge crown win over Boston College and a win over Duke they had that West Coast swing where they went 3-0 and as well so Missy Muharg has it rolling once again um, and that's no surprise to anybody absolutely not and one of the storylines coming out of their season last year was the return of a lot of players a lot of that team was young last year comes back this year and they've just continued to roll they got that little taste of the national picture as the national runner-up and obviously they want to take the next step and win the national title this season. Got to keep an eye on them and come out to support them at the field hockey and lacrosse complex this weekend when they play Delaware, Keith? Delaware, number 12 in the country. They won the national championship a couple years ago, so that's a very, very well-run program. And really, the most proud they, they can be being the alma mater of football PR guru, Dustin Semenovic. But We move on to men's soccer. Men's soccer, not scored this year, but has two draws over two top 10 teams. Uh, Virginia at Audi Field on Monday night in a cool renewal of that rivalry. Also tied number 10 Stanford. Last Friday at Ludwig Field in a game broadcast national on FS1. The first ever Big Ten Olympic sport on FS1. Very cool honor for that program. Lost to Washington in the season opener. They will look to get it rolling against UCLA Friday night on BTN um, in a game that has really produced a lot of dramatics over the past uh, few seasons. 2015, a Sebastian Elney overtime game winner. 2017, a Sebastian Elney overtime game winner. 
We'll see if Sebastian Elney can produce another <laughs> overtime game winner. Hey, good things come in threes, right? Come on. He, got, he has another one in his pocket. Exactly. I saw him at practice on Wednesday, and I said, you need to score another overtime game winner <laughs> so I can put out the content about that. He said, I'll do my best. I will try. So we'll see what men's soccer can do. They also play West Virginia on Monday night. Keith, the women's soccer program back in action this weekend. UCF Thursday night at 7 o'clock. That was a team that won their conference last year, so a very, very um, a competitive UCF side. And then on Sunday, it's George Washington, a little local matchup uh, here at Ludwig Field at 7 p.m. A team that dropped a couple games last week is still trying to find their groove, kind of have a very young core that you know they're working around. That coach, head coach uh, Ray Leon, is working around. But you know, a couple close losses, an overtime loss in there as well. But um, you know, they'll look to get back on track with two home games, the start of a five-game homestand starting this Thursday. Ray Leon in year three of what was essentially an entire reset of that program from a personnel perspective. Now two recruiting classes in the book and a lot of those players are starting to play I think the name to look for over the next couple of years and even this season for Maryland fans is Alyssa Porch who was out for the season last year um, due to injury she is a very fast forward um, who has some youth national team experience um, so she is going to be a very key and if she can get going around Jarena Harmon um, and Michaela Days Maryland potentially has a very impressive um, front unit um, that can play in front and then Rachel I get obviously in goal um, is a star for them. Um, volleyball back at home, or excuse me, starts their home schedule this weekend um, after being on the road for the first couple. That's right, coming off a 3-0 and weekend at the, Ak- the Akron Tournament, Akron Invitational. They're 5-1 and on the season. They're going to take on Colgate, South Carolina, and Liberty here at home. Adam Hughes, first-year head coach, is going to try and keep that thing rolling. Yeah, obviously we talked to Adam Hughes when he got the job uh, last spring, and he has been a, a really nice steward for this program in his first season. Um, the girls have really taken to him um, as the head coach and I think that staff very confident on what they can do might not have all of the personnel they need this season to make an NCAA tournament run as that reset a little bit with the departure of Steve Aird but I think Adam Hughes um, in that program um, is in good hands with him as the coach um, and and there's a lot of buy-in from those players Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do at home and then what they do uh, in the Big Ten slate. The Maryland cross country team also in action. They started tradition as they traditionally do, excuse me, at the Mount St. Mary's 5K duels. That is not where their best runners run. That's normally where they get some collegiate debuts and everything like that. They are back in action at the Panorama Farms invite in a couple of weeks in Charlottesville. So they are underway. All of Maryland's fall sports underway at this point. Maryland football back in action, as we said this week on ESPN Plus. That is a pay service. Pay for ESPN Plus this weekend. There may be a trial. I'm not sure. I do think there is a free trial option. There uh, nor- there was a seven-day free trial when I signed up a couple months ago to watch Chelsea play soccer, but maybe there is right now. Make sure to support uh, those guys as they continue on in their season. That's enough for us for this week. It's been fun to get back here with Keith back in the lab and drop this down. Make sure to follow us on our social media channels, at Turtle on Twitter, at here the turtle on Instagram, Sneds three one one for Keith, Taylor Smythe ten for me, Venmo Keith. He's doing a lot of work right now. <laughs> Give him money, and we'll be back next week. Go Terps.